plaster walls and what every handyman should know up next on the handy guys podcast welcome to the handy guys podcast a podcast for handy guys from handy guys here are the handy guys themselves brian and paul Brian, yes, we got Paul. a great question uh, this month uh, about plaster walls, and a lot of people are still living in homes with plaster walls, and it's becoming sort of a lost art on how to hang things from plaster walls, how to repair plaster, and uh, we got a great question about that. We'll address that, and also we're going to have our little segment again about what every handyman should know. All that, after we give out our contact information, I'll do that. I'll give them... You just email us at us at handyguyspodcast.com or hit our contact link on our website. But even more important, what's that? You can tweet, send a tweet our way. You can tweet us. Yeah. So send something uh, at handyguys. We're on Twitter at handyguys. And uh, you can also go to our Facebook page and click on like, be a, be a fan of the handy guys. Sure. And we're at Facebook slash the handy guys. That's right. So we'd appreciate both of those avenues. Um, uh, and follow us. If you're not a follower uh, on Twitter, please follow us. And sure, why not? And uh, if you're just listening to this show right on our webpage, you can subscribe to it in an RSS reader or on your iPhone or Android phone and uh, listen to us on the go. All Got right. a project on your honeydew list? Let the handy guys know about it, and they may talk about it on their next podcast. So, Brian, uh, it seems to me that a lot of times it's the handy guy that gets called in to help someone with their flat tire. Because a lot of people, you know, <laughs> tires are so much more reliable today than they used to be. And when they, it seems like they don't go flat that often. In fact, there are obviously the no flat tires and all that. But when they right, do. Like in the Hummer, you know, like the run flats, yeah, they get shot out. Exactly. And a lot, a lot of cars, the luxury cars, have the, the run flats. Do they? These days. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, the hardest thing I find when you run into someone that has that problem, they, they have a flat and they, they can't get the lug nuts off because <laughs> they've been put on right with a pneumatic. Right. I've wrencher. never run into that it, trouble. Oh, I, yeah. I had a politician one time call me up, said, Brian, he was coming to my house for a meeting and he called me up. He said, Brian, I had a flat tire. I'm a half a mile away. It's snowing. And I'm in a suit. Can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> you really, I, I can't believe, you've never seen, I've had a couple flat tires recent in the last couple of years at, at, at my area where I work. And in one case, we had this guy who was a big weightlifter. He could not get these lug nuts off. And finally, really? we got it. Lefty, loosey, righty, tighty. That Paul. wasn't the problem. It was just <laughs> they're on so tight. You just We were literally almost lifting the car up when he was trying really? to. And then we realized, of course, we should be pushing down instead of lifting up. So he put the wrench on so you're going on down. The, on the other side, sure. And uh, we finally got it. But uh, the, the key there, of course, is not to jack up the car before you loosen the lug nuts. Right. Otherwise, you'll just spin the yeah. tire. Right. Well, not just that. Uh, you, you'll possibly spin the tire or knock the whole car off. Off the jack. <laughs> off the jack. So, um, But when you do replace it, off, more often than not, you have a little donut tire that's in the car if it doesn't have a full-size spare. And I thought for this week's uh, item for everything a handy guy should know, you ought to know if you put a donut tire on a car, how long can you drive on that little donut? I was going to guess uh, my, from my uh, basic handy guy knowledge is about 40 miles. 
Right. I did a little research. It's some people say 40, some people say 50 miles. It's going to be in your owner's manual. So it might vary from car to car, but it's not something you're going to want to leave on there for a long time. Okay. Because you're going to have performance issues. The tire is not made for, you know, uh, speed rated for 100 miles an hour and, you know, all that good stuff. All right. So practice, maybe you should practice replacing a tire. (laughs) You know, when... (laughs) I had to do that when I was learning to drive. When we... When we said we're going to mention this as something every handy guy should know, I'm thinking about my vehicles. I've got a a Chevy Suburban and a pickup truck, full-size pickup truck. No donuts for those, full-size spares. But they're up underneath, and there's there's like a little winch, if you will, to lower them down. I've never lowered them down. You know, I I don't think I ever did it when I had my pickup either, and I was always looking at it. Like, ooh, am I going to be able to do this? Right. What do you have to do? Is it going to be rusted right. shut? Yeah. Right. So maybe that's something to try out too if you're yeah. ever so inclined and have free time on your hands. Maybe, try to lower the spare. Maybe you should call the Car Talk guys to get your those car answers. That's right. So they have a podcast, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I think. All right. Up next, we're going to talk about uh, handling plaster walls. So, Brian, we got a question from Becky. And she submitted uh, this. She said, would you please talk in detail about homes with plaster walls? I have never lived in a home with plaster walls until now and have only heard horror stories about putting things, pictures, etc., up on the walls. Can curtain rods be hung on plaster? Is it best to live with and or enhance the cracks as a feature (laughs) or can they be fixed for a reasonable amount uh, of money? Love you guys. Thanks. So... Wow. There's a lot to cover here, Brian. Right, there is. So, you know, I think we should break it into two two main topics, okay. right? Hanging things on plaster. Right. Attaching things to plaster okay. or through plaster. And then repairs. So okay. So two basic I, I want to add one other category okay. before those Go ahead. two. Just talk about there's a various varieties, what various is? varieties. Is that, that that's, I don't need to say various varieties. <laughs> there are just varieties of plaster. Yes, and um, it, what when you say plaster, like, it could do you mean, have pig hair or it, horse hair? Yeah, right. Right. Uh, but even more so, you have that's traditional plaster where they actually use lath strips, which are just strips of wood, right. and then they put a rough coat and finished coats of plaster on the walls, and they grabbed the plaster actually, you know, absorbed into those it, those it lath mushes and mushed be, it. Mushes They're called it keyed to it, right? And and it held onto it. That's traditional plaster. But then at, in more recent years, meaning like the 50s and 60s, they started using plaster on top of green board or blue board or whatever color it was, and then used it more as a veneer. Right. The house I grew up in had plaster veneer, and it was used in kind of the same way as joint compound today, although the joint compounders only do the joints, whereas in those days they actually the plastered plaster over, goes over the whole board. The whole thing. So there's a thin layer of plaster. Now, um, that in that case, the more modern plaster, the veneer plaster, which I think is an excellent way to finish off a house, uh, you really you can treat it almost just like drywall. It just st- sticks to that layer to the drywall. You can nail into it. Uh, you can attach things to it like you would any other, you know, sheetrock or drywall. Sure. Now, sometimes that that material, that substrate, that board, the old kind that you're talking about from the '50s is almost like. A masonry product, yeah. almost. So yeah. there, you're talking about anchors and and things like that that might be a little different. 
Maybe. Eh, not really. You can nail into yeah. it because you have the board behind it. It'll sometimes chip off maybe, but because of paint and other things, it just holds to it. I, Okay. And again, now we're talking, when we talk about plaster, in every region of the country, in every area, they use different varieties of plaster. So right. there is no one plaster. Right. You've got like the uh, Adobe sort of products yeah. in the Southwest uh-huh. uh, that are more like what we would call stucco up here, uh, but that have a smooth finish. And you also have masonry products like parging. That's a right. regional term around here. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Let's just focus okay. on plaster, either plaster with lath or plaster with, uh, with your like a veneer plaster. Okay, so we, were we talking about what hanging things first? Hanging things, okay. sure. So um, when I uh, mentioned to Becky, I first I really just addressed the one question: hanging things, like hanging a picture, hanging lightweight items, even some some things that are a little heavier. And I had good experience. I lived in a home that was 105 years old. And I was able to use, actually, a good nail could go into that plaster. But what I really liked were the, the uh, tempered nails that are really sharp. And uh, they're called, uh, I think they're called tempered uh, picture hanger nails. There's usually, sometimes you have one, two, or three. And they, mm-hmm. they come already with hooks, and they're at the right angle. And you just tap them into the wall. Sure. And they would they would go right into my plaster, no problem. Right, they go into the plaster. Now, those are for generally lightweight things. Now, it says on the package how much weight it can right. hold. And we're presuming that the drywall, or I'm sorry, that the plaster is well adhered Correct. either to the backer board right. or to the lath. Yes, if obviously if the plaster is starting to become, become detached from the lath or the backer board, then... You've yeah. got other problems. So <laughs> yeah. you can't hang from loose plaster. But if the plaster's intact, you know, those things, I've seen them rated up to 50 pounds. Yeah, we were able to hang some pretty heavy glass paintings or prints from uh, on the plaster wall without a problem. Now, our plaster was in pretty good shape. Right. So. Now, if you do have heavier things, you can go into the stud. You can go into the stud. You can also screw into the lath if into the lath the wood is attached lath, right. pretty good. Obviously, you wouldn't want something very heavy into that, but it, it will hold, you know. Uh, and I act, in some cases, um, when I was experimenting, I would use a finished head square uh, bit screw right. or any kind of they a finished screw. They call it a screw, trim head screw. A trim right. head screw, right. And uh, uh, sometimes would use that to hang pictures because right. you so could you screw could just that right screw in. it right into the wood. Yeah, because a lot of times if you just try to use a regular nail and didn't use those really thin tempered nails, the regular nail you try to knock it in, it just breaks up the plaster and it doesn't hold. So you use the tempered nails. If they don't work, you can use a, a tr- what is it? A, a trim trim head screw. trim head screw. Sometimes that will work. So you have right. to experiment a little bit. Right. So yeah, I always try to find a stud if I know I'm. Putting up something very, very heavy. But if you're you know, like a big mirror or something right. like that. Yeah, if you're gonna do something really heavy. But I and we had a wall all full of pictures. There may right. have been ten or fifteen pictures on it. And uh really we had no problems, but we did have to you had to get used to it what you were right. dealing with. It wasn't just simply tapping in a little nail real quick right. and you're done. You had to use the right kind of nails or screws. Right. Now the she asked specifically about uh curtain rods. Right. So those have little brackets, they come with screws. Usually, some some of them come with nails. Uh, either of those will work with plaster. Sometimes the screws will have plastic anchors, and you can drill a little pilot hole for that. Push the plastic anchor in, then drive the screw. Those are for your larger like uh, curtain brackets. Yeah. I never had good experience with those anchors on plaster. No, it, it would break the plaster up too much. Um, what I like to use is the uh, the wing 
bolts. Right, molly um, bolts or toggle bolts. I would use the toggle bolts on things. If it was very heavy, like a shelf or something like that, you could use the toggle bolts, belt, bolts on plaster. You would drill the hole, whether it went through the lathe or in between it. Either way, that toggle, toggle bolt would then go behind the plaster and grab on to the lathe and the plaster and right. create a The one good thing hole. I don't like about toggle bolts is it's a really big hole. You have to make a big hole... And that's sometimes a problem with uh, curtain rods because if the finial or whatever it's called right. that covers it, it isn't big enough, then you could, yeah, that can be a challenge. Right. So I would try, you know, for curtain rods, I would try my best to get it into a a, uh, a, stud, a stud or the wood lath if that's what right. you have. Yeah, again, it, if I knew it was going to be a heavy curtain, curtain, then you want to get it into a stud. Um, I'm trying to remember. I did, it, when I lived in that old house, I would use the... Uh, the toggle bolts, I, I did use them on some shelving and things, and it worked. But like you said, it, yeah, you make that big hole. you got to make sure you think through. Will it cover the hole? Right. Uh, towel rods, things like that. Sometimes I would yeah, use Yeah, I was never – I'm never – have never been a big fan of the toggle bolts. I love them. <laughs> use, I use them all the time. All right. I even use them in my modern home for not, shelving We're not talking things. molly bolts, toggle right. bolts, right? Toggle bolts, yeah, you got to make a half-inch hole. Um, but it's great if you uh, – it just holds so well. I've used it for shelving sure. and things like that when I can't hit a stud. Okay. So, all right. But the other thing is, so you can get away. So um, that's hanging things. You just got to, it's not is, uh, you have to think through every situation carefully. But things do grab onto it. You have, still have studs. And the lath has some some strength to it if it's all in good shape. Right. So, so it's a big if. <laughs> now repairing it. So if it's not in good shape, right? That's right. the other part of her question. Okay, so there's various times you need to repair. So one may be you tried to nail something and the nail didn't work too good and you just chipped out a big chunk of plaster. Another situation may be you're expanding an electrical box or um, maybe you just have someone that kicked some plaster or you have some uh, the dreaded cracks on the ceiling or on the wall right. that every winter gets wider and then closes up during the summer or... or <laughs> That's the other situation. Right. Um, so plaster is unique. Uh, and again, it's all going to uh, sort of, you have to base it on where, what type of plaster you have, where you're from, what variety, and, uh, and what region you're in. And the best thing to do, as usual, it, when it comes to plaster, because it's so regional, it just depends what the trades we're using in your area of the country and their technique for applying it, right. is to find out what other people do that have homes like yours in your area. Sure. That's where I would start. Right. Uh, but let's let's talk about wood lath because that's what, okay. what's common around here when you have plaster. If it's right? wood lath and plaster, yeah, how do you repair it? Right. Well, the first thing you need to make sure is, is it attached to the – is the plaster attached to the lath solidly? So you use the term the keys. Mm -hmm. So the wood lath goes on the wall – Horizontal, horizontal strips, and then they plaster over that. Yeah. And that wet plaster goes in between the strips of lath and creates a key. It, it kind of seeps down behind the wood lath and locks it in. So those keys can get broken through yes. vibration, bumping Correct. into the wall, yep. uh, earthquakes. I don't know what all breaks them, but uh, they can get broken. And in that case, you can sometimes end up with a, a section of plaster that is just detached and kind of loose, just kind of hanging on the wall, or if it's on the ceiling, hanging down. And there are ways to actually reattach that section without right. ripping it all out. 
And the way to yes. do that is with a product called a patching plaster. Or no, patching plaster. That we're, we'll uh, get to that. I'm ahead of myself. They're called plaster washers. Yes. And they're these little washers that you can run a drywall screw through, and they have a little indentation, and you you literally drive the screw up through the plaster into the lath. Into the wood lath, And right. it then uh, it pulls the, you know, you have to do it very carefully, and you do it in, you know, every foot or so, and it pulls the plaster to the lath, and then you have to then use joint compound or something to cover up joint, these things. Joint yeah. compound or more plaster yeah. to cover over Usually these washers. Usually you can use a joint compound there. But so that takes some significant plaster or <laughs> joint com- You know, a guy that does drywall can do that work. I mean, you got to be able to know how to do a finished coat over top of these little uh, yeah. uh, plaster washers, which you can only buy online. If you Google it, you'll find it. Right. It used to be a, the only place you could find it was this hardware store in Boston that <laughs> sold them. That's where I think I found mine. But now I think you can get them at McFeely's and other online resellers. Yeah. So, yeah, because it will be a little tricky because you're not going to have a smooth surface. You're right. going to have these little bumps where the washers yep, are. Exactly. And to make that all look nice and flat and blending with everything else is going to take a little bit of technique. Uh, multiple coats of plaster or dry drywall joint compound. Now, I had this situation on a ceiling. It was covered with um, a, a uh, uh, what do you call it, when they blow on like a, a coat to cover it. Like a, a popcorn ceiling? It was ceiling? a popcorn. That's what it was. It was a popcorn ceiling, and I decided I didn't like it anymore. Plus, it had some cracks, and I, I don't know what got into me one night, but I thought I'm getting rid of it all. Um, I sprayed it all with water. I scraped it all off. And I found that the ceiling wasn't in that bad a condition. It had some cracks, but... All right. Often they'll put, spray that every popcorn plaster, on there to yeah. cover over cracks. Right. Yeah. Every plaster ceiling that's 100 years old has either been removed or covered over at this point. And it was actually in pretty good condition, but I did have some loose plaster. So I used the washers, then I coated over with a joint compound. And by the time I was done, the ceiling didn't look much better than having popcorn. I mean, <laughs> right. it did, but you know, it right. wasn't perfect. You saw some imperfections and things. And the, but then dealing with the cracks. So I had loose plaster around where it was cracking. So what I did is I used those plaster washers on each side of the crack to kind of get that plaster stabilized. Right, used the right. joint compound, and it did, it did hold up. That kept the crack from reappearing. But what I found was, um, and I got that ceiling pretty stable before I sold the house. It was on the walls um, that I would have some cracks that would just keep reappearing, and, and they were uh, more difficult because it had to do with the, the house movement from year to year. Right. And Because typically what they'll recommend for cracks is you actually widen the crack a little yeah. bit, like with a utility knife, right. so that your uh, plaster that you mix up or joint compound can adhere to something, like fill that crack instead of just going on the surface. Right. That's right. So you would kind of carve it out, maybe an eighth inch wide, uh, three sixteenths inch wide, and then fill that crack in. And some people will also put paper tape uh, embedded in that, if you're using joint compound, embed uh, paper tape in that, and then feather that out and sand it. Good luck with that, Brian. 100-year-old house, that thing's cracking every time, no matter what. I don't yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Forget it, man. You got a 100-year-old house, that house is going to move in that spot every year. It's going to pull that apart. I know that's what they tell you to do, but it doesn't work. In an old house where the crack's been there for 80 years, and it opens up every year, if you put tape on there, it just rips it apart. What I found, yeah. if it was a hairline crack, not a too big of a crack, even some cracks a little bit bigger, and I did this both on the ceiling and the walls, 
I just caulked, just caulk with an elastic caulk, something that I knew could expand, paintable obviously, but something that uh, had some uh, elasticity to it. So I didn't always use the regular painter's caulk. I used some of the other varieties um, that have a little bit more stretch in them. Some of them even have um, silicone in them or whatever, and they, they stretch. So I would paint okay. over that, and that would hold, handle that crack pretty well from year to year. It didn't completely hide the crack. You could kind of still see it, but it would hold up. Whereas if you tried some so of those other methods— So for a small crack, yeah. just a little bit of paintable caulk yep. and paint over it? That's what I tried. Now, you can the nice thing, you can try that the first year. If you decide you don't like it, doesn't work, then you can go on to the next method. But it Right, where you're carving it out, yeah. widening it up. right. And then uh, paper tape over that, or some people use fiberglass tape. Yeah, I just found that that plaster is so hard. When you try to tape over it, that wall has been moving. It's going to move every year, no matter what you do. Most people that have been in plaster homes forever just learn to live with the cracks because they're, <laughs> it's so, they're so hard to repair. You're dealing with basically cement. Some of this plaster is so hard. Right. It's going to go move back and forth. And if you want to put tape over it, fine, but it's just going to rip it apart. Okay. Okay. So, um, Not having lived in a plaster <laughs> home, I've done some repairs, you know, yeah. at my parents' house and so forth. What I find is but, uh, with that traditional plaster is that you need to, sometimes you just kind of need to play along, <laughs> do yeah. your best to, to get it in, in, in its character. So, you know, so. Sure. What about just putting a real heavy coat of paint over it? Yeah, right. Over those cracks. There you go. That'll, be, that'll look great. <laughs> um, but then there's the other repairs. What about when you just have a chunk that falls out or you knocked a chunk out or you're like expanding? the doorknob through the wall. Yeah, or when I had to expand some electrical boxes, say, and you end up you know, cutting a, a larger section, but then more of it breaks away than you, you want. Oh, uh, no good. Uh, what I like to do there is use patching plaster, and it's supposed to say joint compound. Right, and, and the difference is patching plaster is like the plaster itself. When it hardens, it hardens hard like a rock, and it and uh, the nice thing is if you put it on, it fills in. Like if a chunk has come out, it's right. almost you have all those rough edges, and it fills in. And what you do is you you can knife it so that it's nice and nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you hardly have to sand it at all. It'll harden perfectly smooth like the plaster. Right. And it sets up really fast too, as I recall. It does. Yep. So like within 20 minutes, it 30 does. minutes. Very it's fast. Set up. Yeah. You got to work quickly with it. Sometimes if I did that and it wasn't quite right when it was already hardened, I didn't quite get it filled in enough. Then I might go over with a thin coat of joint compound to finish it. Instead of trying to do it, you know, another coat of that. But right. that would be the first initial coat. And that always worked great because it fills in all those grooves and locks in. So it can't go okay. anywhere. Good, good tip. Um, the other thing is with plaster, I yeah. have to, I, can't, I, got, I know this is a little off topic, but if you have an old plaster home and you're going to paint it, uh, it's probably too late. Most homes have been ruined, but supposedly the plaster is so smooth, you're, you're only supposed to paint it with a brush. Did you know really, that? I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> who yeah. told you that? Uh, that's that's what you're, you're when you paint plaster walls because what happens is when you roll it, mm-hmm. it adds a texture to it. Most rollers, right? Sure. Well, plaster is so smooth. If if you do that, you've basically ruined one of the qualities of plaster. Is you have that nice smoothness to it, right? And when you roll it, you add texture. When I went into my home, I had wallpaper everywhere. I pulled it all off, and most of my walls were I don't know if they'd ever been painted. 
But I was an idiot, and I went and got like this big la- uh, nap uh, roller and was putting on paint, and I added all this texture and made him just look like uh, drywall. <laughs> right. Because right. drywall always has a texture. Sure. Uh, to cover up the joints, you always want a texture with drywall. But plaster, you don't need to. You get this perfectly smooth, no joints, and then you roll it, and you lose its distinctive quality. So right, all the right. old-time painters will say brush only, but the problem is most homes have already been rolled by now, so right, right, right. It, it, it kinda, it's kind of like uh, uh, too late. But even in new <laughs> use, construction... Use a low-nap roller, though, right. at least. Uh, even small. in new construction, though, when they're using like the blue board and the veneer plaster, yeah. they come back and the yeah. painters roll that. That's true. They don't treat it like it's a plaster. Or, or they'll tint the plaster to the color that right. they want, and they'll put it on... The, the final coat of plaster actually has the color for the wall in it. I learned that. You said, where did I hear that? I think it was on This Old House. It was one of those, ah, one in, of those in the guys. magazines. But they, they were like, yeah, the painter guy should never roll. But once it's rolled, it's kind of too late. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah. And you're never going to sand that down or smooth, you know, right. get it smooth again. I know. It's once it's too late. But I had a couple walls that I could have made real nice. But, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's plaster repairs. we missing anything on plaster repair? I think that's about it. Uh, hit everything in my notes here. So you I can use regular joint compound for small holes, uh, but the, you know, I like the bigger chunks. I what just about like the you. dorm room technique of using toothpaste in the in the nail hole from where you <laughs> hung a picture? That uh, wouldn't work. <laughs> okay. I, and the, the, the reason I didn't like the joint compounds and other things for plaster because plaster is a real hard material, and these other things are made for softer and right. it, joint they just compound soft. It was. Right. It just didn't really. Uh, it was they didn't match up real so well. So repair plaster with plaster. Yeah, if you can. Anyway, Brian, where can I get all of this uh, material we're talking about? As far as hanging nails, the tempered nails, patching plaster, joint compound, taping knives, perhaps. Right, and the little bucket to to mix your patching plaster in and all of that. Right. They have all that stuff over at True Value, so just head on over there. They'll be able to help you out. You can even uh, Becky, you can even just describe your issue. Uh, particular issue to the guy working at the hardware store, and they are more than willing to help. So say, tell her, uh, tell the person there that you know you've got a 20-pound picture you want to hang on this kind of plaster, and they'll steer you to the right kind of nails or hooks or uh, fasteners. Lo- yeah, the local hardware is the place to go for this kind of thing because they've heard the question many times before. <laughs> yes, they have. All right, thanks, Brian, and we will be back next week with another episode of the Handy Guys Podcast. Thanks, bye. The Handy Guys will be back next week. Same handy time, same handy website.